Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast. This is episode number 20B. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, Mad Money Mike, who just popped a brewski. How you doing, Mike? Hey, yo, it's Friday. Great to be here, as always, Big Bet Brent. Can't wait to dig in, my man. What a, what a, what a week, you know? What a week, man. A lot going on. Super excited. Yeah, I tell you, I want to hear real quick, just right off the top, Diaper Dad Diary last week, you really took a spill. We need to know. We need an update. Are you still, like, can you walk? Are you in a stretcher? What's going on? Results are in. Uh, results are in. It's a completely ruptured ACL and severe bone bruising. So I've got an appointment with the orthopedic surgeon on uh, August 4th. That's how far out appointments are. So your boy, Mad Money Mike, also known as, uh, you know, the premier cheddar stacker of our time, is currently hobbling around with a ruptured ACL. Don't even get to see someone until August 4th uh, because all the orthopedists are, uh, are booked to the gills, man. So, yeah, so that's the deal. Um, surprisingly, I feel not bad. You know, I'm, I'm numbing the pain with, um, you know, with uh, a little bit of grandpa's old cough medicine. And uh, that's helping, but uh, but I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Um, so yeah, so that's the deal. So more to uh, more to come on that. That's where we're at. So wait, is that just the consultation on August fourth? Yeah, yeah. I don't even get to schedule the surgery until after oh the consultation, so I have to wait. Oh yeah, my man, god, I... dude! That means no more chores, nothing, dude. You have to sit on the couch and watch Open Championship. <laughs> well, I messed up. Uh, I messed up big time. Uh, let this be a lesson to all of our loyal listeners. Uh, milk the injury. Milk the injury. I took the opposite route. I took the hero route. Oh, I'm going to – don't worry, sweetie. Uh, I'm going to continue to help you out. I'm going to do everything and, like, you know, you know, push through it, took the baby on a walk, everything. And, like, now the news comes in, ruptured ACL. But I already set the precedent. I already set the precedent. So here mm. I am. Like, now I have to continue. Now I have to continue doing all the things, helping out, going for the walks and everything because I already set the precedent that I'm fine. Had I milked it, had I milked it, here's what would have happened. I would have milked it. Some resentment would have built up. You know, the wife would have been grumbling. Look at this old stinky bastard doing nothing, sitting around on the couch. But, but the results would have come in, ruptured ACL, and then, then she would have shifted. In her mind, she would have been like, oh, my God, this whole time I've been building up resentment secretly calling him old stinky bastard behind his back turns out he did have a ruptured acl immediately switches over to the oh poor baby i could have been doing jack squat this whole time but instead i tried to be a hero so let that be a lesson to you milk it for all it's worth mm. i blew it don't be like me <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it sounds like some good news and some bad news we definitely uh, all have our fingers crossed for you We've just Appreciate the outpouring that. of loyal listener emails and tweets. It's just been overwhelming. Um, we're all we're all fighting for you, Mad Money Mike. 
Um, actually, we do have a loyal listener email, which we're going to get to shortly. Um, just a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. We've got a jam-packed episode. We're going to start off with uh, just reviewing uh, the UFC fight. I'm going to make fun of Mad Money Mike for uh, paying for the Poirier-McGregor fight. We're going to talk NBA Finals. We've got Game 5 tomorrow night. Then we're going to talk about golf in the middle of the Open Championship. We're going to just briefly, I've got a couple football news and notes. And, of course, we have to just touch on baseball because they suck. And then we'll close it out with uh, Locks of the Week and Diaper Dad Diaries. So starting off with a loyal listener email, let's – here we go. I'm going straight into it. Hi, Mad Money Mike and Big Bet Brent. Love the show, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I'm reaching out now to partake in the good old-fashioned degeneracy portion of the podcast. I couldn't help but hear Mad Money Mike talk about how he could eat 30 hot dogs. I, a loyal listener, don't believe Mad Money Mike could eat more than 22 <laughs> to put my money out there. So then he goes on to Mad Money Mike. This is a formal challenge. He is setting the over-under at 22 hot dogs in 30 minutes. And for every hot dog after the 22nd, up to the 32nd, he is going to pay you $100. So you stand to win up to $1,000. And if you fail every hot dog less than 22, you owe him $25. And uh, yeah, closes out saying, I understand if Mad Money Mike doesn't accept the challenge. He doesn't have the greatest prop bet history against me and might be intimidated. Thanks for your time. Love the show. This is from Degenerate Joe. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I just want to say it is an absolute pleasure to hear from the one and only Degenerate Joe. Miss that guy. Can't wait to get back to the Northeast and uh, and hopefully maybe uh, get a little casino night in the works. So I uh, really appreciate you reaching out. Great to hear from you. But with that being said, my man, I'm concerned that you um, – uh, are not are not listening intently to the podcast because you missed you missed a critical piece of the pie here. Now, first of all, maybe you maybe you did maybe you understand where we're at. But the thirty hot dog declaration was in direct response to. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I was, I believe that I was um, guaranteed in this theoretical thirty hot dog situation five grand per dog Mm -hmm. that's correct yeah yeah so now if we take that money away not a chance there's no way there's no way i can muster up the motivation to down 30 dogs without five g's per dog on the line that's the only thing that's motivating me to get to that point so just want to make sure the general joe understands that that is what gets me to the 30 hot dog mark and then so obviously you know, once, once I hit 22 dogs, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm like 110 G's to the richer. So certainly if I end up having to owe him X amount of dollars post 22 dogs, then uh, no problem. Cause I've already hit it big at that point. So I feel like there's more to this. I feel like there's more to this. I feel like there's, you know, I feel like there's a lot of this to come. I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point in time, like, there's going to be some sort of video of me pounding dogs, but we'll see. We got a lot of, we got a lot of things to work out before we get there. Appreciate the email. Love the spirit. Can't wait to revisit this. So, so I'll play a little bit of defense for Joe. 
just because you know the podcast and the emails that you know it takes a little time he clearly doesn't have a chance to respond in 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 the moment but uh he's putting his money where his mouth is and you are essentially making excuses mad money mike Whoa. i mean he's he's well okay look you really think 150,000 like the gofundme is making progress but it's nowhere close to 150 g's That's, he's no, willing to put down up to a thousand dollars and his what he stands to what he stands to win is much less than that so i gotta say i think uh That's, i think dj joe is uh yeah. you know he, he's stepping up and uh, you're trying to act like he's not listening what just because no, no, no. I you know, wasn't just because you're sidestepping like a bit. Listening. No, 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 no. Let's let's everybody take a step back here. First of all, I wasn't insinuating that he's not listening. I was just you doing said that. A, I know, I know. It's called a dramatic lead-in. I was a dramatic lead-in to make the point that you started. You started this with the five k per hot dog declaration. I didn't have anything. I didn't. I didn't even broach the subject of me pounding dogs until you threw out the five k per dog declaration so you actually started it i only followed up to what you started now the the like and, and again dramatic lead in to make that point wasn't actually insinuating that that joe wasn't listening obviously i know that dgen joe listens intently and would never have missed key uh, elements like that now with that being said i do agree with what you're saying is that he basically I'm just going to call him DJ for uh, the remainder of uh, this conversation. DJ basically says, what Mad Money Mike and this whole thing, that's, that's out of the realm. That's out of the realm. That's not going to happen, like you just said. But he's pulling it back into the realm. He's saying, mm-hmm. okay, this thing that you've said, this 5K hot dog thing, that's technically out of the realm. But for the gamesmanship, I'm willing to actually pull it into the realm. I'm willing mm-hmm. to like let's make something real, and so um, uh, big respect uh, for that, and uh, and we'll see, we'll see. I'm not ready to commit at this time on episode 20B that I will accept the DJ Joe challenge, but I am not going to let it die on this episode. It will be revisited, so stay tuned. Excellent. All right. Well said. Well said. Yeah. DJ and Joe, he may be our loyalist listener. He's got one of our t-shirt, t-shirts and he wears it proudly. In fact, when he recently bought a new truck and wore the t-shirt for the picture, for the pod, for the, uh, you know, for the, the salesman. So mad respect to DJ and Joe. And uh, yeah, with that, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of UFC. Mad Money Mike, do you feel like you got your money's worth? Uh, Poirier McGregor, I don't even, did it go one round or two rounds? Anyway, McGregor steps back, falls and breaks his ankle like in horrible fashion, and he goes out on a stretcher, not Poirier. Poirier wins. Our boy from Lafayette, we rake in the cheddar once again. What are your What are your thoughts, Mad Money Mike? First of all, I'm embarrassed. I bow down before you in uh, in the in the name of uh, superior UFC better. Um, after, you know, watching the fight, and it's it's embarrassing that I took McGregor. And honestly, it's embarrassing. I can't remember if I was drinking at that time, but regardless, it's embarrassing. <laughs> he obviously is a complete joke, ridiculous showman to make money crap. Poirier is a man, a man of his word. He whooped his ass. He was whooping his ass bad. Now, the question about whether or not it, like what happens with the rounds, I don't, I don't have a I don't have a follow up. I, I feel like 
I would have had to have made the bet and then seen if a bet won. I probably could do some Googling like which bet won. But so here's what happened is that the first round technically finished a completed round. I know we had the whole completed round conversation. We don't need to revisit that at this moment, maybe at some other time. But depending on how the bets work, it was one completed round. You know, the buzzer buzzed and then it was a stoppage in between rounds. Um, mm. anyways, that's how that went down. It'd be fascinating to follow up just because we had the conversation last time, but that's how it happened. Um, he was getting beat bad. And then with like five seconds left, he gets up to his feet. You know, he had been getting ground and pounded. Um, and then with like five seconds left, gets up to his feet. They both kind of throw a punch. The punches kind of miss. And then when he goes to step back, um, just snapped off at the shin bone, just a, a dangling participle, man, just a, a disgusting, <laughs> just an absolutely disgusting replay that they showed like 80 times, snaps his foot clean off and, uh, and hits the deck, makes it to the buzzer, stoppage in between. And then of course he like said all kinds of like terrible things afterwards. I think not in these exact words, but something alluding to like, he was going to kill Poirier and his wife in their sleep. Um, what? Yeah, it was bad. It was ugly. Like, you know, obviously he's emotional. He's like got his foot snapped off and he's like got a microphone in his face and he's like saying outlandish things with the adrenaline and, you know, the embarrassment pumping. But regardless, mm -hmm. it was terrible. He's a joke. I hope that they fight again and just like I'll put everything on Poirier. He's not fighting again, though. He's complete embarrassment. So uh, congrats. McGregor's done. Poirier. I can't necessarily say that he's the real deal because he fought a complete jabroni. So there's not, you know, really like, you know, much to say there. <laughs> um, but I do want to say quickly that I, um, I banked, uh, I stacked some, uh, stacked some Ched on a, well, it's not like a live bet because it was technically before the fight started, but on um, uh, the ex NFL player from the Carolina Panthers and, um, and his fight, which was the, uh, just before the co-main event. And so I hit that bet. That was, a, that was a pretty exciting fight. He went down in the first round. As I'm sure you can tell by now, I'm having a, uh, a mental moment. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Do you remember it? Carolina Panthers. No. Event. Jeez, what's no, wrong I, with me? I, was, That's I, just, I just remember we had Gilbert Burns. In the, yeah, we well, did so then, good. Yep, mm -hmm. exactly. And then Gilbert Burns was the co-main event. And, uh, and Cousin Sal came through, man. You, you were really singing his praises. You had said that the guy knows how to make uh, picks, and sure enough, he did. That was impressive. And uh, the last thing I want to say about UFC and fights is I think on behalf of all of our loyal listeners, we all want to know why. Why, Big Bet, Brent? Why do you not Why do you not pay for the fights? How do you not like the excitement? Do you not like fighting? Does the, does the, violence, does the violence scare you? Like, What is it about the fights that turns you off you, you don't want to watch? I don't know, man. I like my money. I work hard for my money, and I'm not just going to piss it away Listen. watching some dude step back and his leg, like, break off, like, something out of, I don't know, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not, man. I'm just not going right. to do that. I work hard I for want, my money, Mike. I know you do. I know you do. I just want to quickly say there is nothing. I'm telling you, like, there are few things that compare to the excitement and edge-of-the-seat thrill ride that I get watching a fight. It is, like, the ultimate – it's the ultimate survival. My wife was like trying – she was trying to say like this is the dumbest thing, like so ridiculous. Like look at these like two grown men with their shirts off just like sliming all over each other. It's like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen. I was like, that is, that is so ridiculous. You know, she's like, how, how could you like this? Here's what I told her. I said, listen, just imagine it's the end of times. 
and we're like trying to survive in the wild. And we've got this little camp carved out, just me, you and Valley, you know, just the three of us. I'm trying to like make the family survive in the middle of the woods. All of a sudden, another male comes into our territory and he wants to kill me and take over you two. What do I have to do? I have to fight him possibly to the death. Fighting is the ultimate last line of survival. Keeping your family safe. Survival. That's it. End of story. Keeping your family safe. In theory, and that's kind of like the crazy animal instinct root of it. You're watching these two guys, and this is UFC. This is essentially bare knuckle. This is UFC. Like someone's going to get completely knocked out, blanked out, legs snapped off. Like it is fully almost to that limit of fight to the death survival. So when I watch it, it's the craziest, most exciting, adrenaline-pumping thing ever. And I just keep thinking, the man that I've seen just willy-nilly throw hundreds of dollars on a roulette spin can't cough up (laughs) 70 bones for this crazy, adrenaline-filled thrill ride. It doesn't make any sense. I'm telling you, I think if you bought one fight, you'd be hooked. If you said to yourself, you know what? I've spent 70 bucks on ridiculous, crazy crap a million times. What's the big deal for an exciting fight? you'd be hooked. That's my uh, prediction. We'll see. Maybe I can convince you to buy a fight and we'll see if I'm right. Maybe, maybe I tell you after all that, uh, after that whole story about like the end of times and stuff, we're just going to need to get Elena on this pod to bring some sense <laughs> back in here. Holy crap. Have, we lost mad money, Mike, dude. I think when you rolled over that golf cart, you got a concussion and like, you're not the same, bro. Not the same. <laughs> We oh, should move stuff. to the NBA finals before uh, I don't. I don't even know where it would go if we stuck around talking UFC. Agreed. Okay, NBA finals. We are currently casting this pod. It is Friday night, as Mad Money Mike said. I can hear the uh, I can hear the the leaves burning over there, which is excellent. And we're, we're tied up two two before the series. Mad Money Mike about to give us both some credit. I was all over the Suns. You're all over the Suns. We thought the series would go long. We both hit our locks. Yeah, we're guaranteed to at least go six games. First two games happen. Suns are up two nothing. We're you know kind of like this may not go long. You know, Suns may be too good. Then the Bucks come back. It's all tied up two two. Giannis in Game Four with block of the decade. Um, game Five is tomorrow night. The Suns are uh, back home. Three and a half point favorites. Uh, minus 170 on the money line, bucks plus 150 on the take back. We've got a series, man. This is, I, I'm starting to get a little sad because I can like see the end of the finals. But uh, this is this is what it's all about. What a what a great time right now. What uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the last couple of games and the look ahead, man? What you got? Absolute thrill ride, a roller coaster, just a complete roller coaster of of emotion and of of, of sports feelings to have the Suns go up. Now, I'm going to quickly reference episode 20A. Loyal listeners, you may have noticed Brent (laughs) introduced episode 20B as the current episode. You're probably thinking to yourself, what's that mean? Well, stay tuned. At some point in the future, you'll have an opportunity to dig into the archives and have a listen to episode 20A. And what you'll find as a historical footnote is that there was a self-anti-bet. And after those first two games... I said, this is the time where you take the Suns. And I said, wait a minute. But the fact that I like the Suns right now means that we actually need to stick with the Bucks. And so I declared an anti-bet on myself, decided to stick with the Bucks. What happens? Uh, back-to-back wins at home. Even the series up at 2-2. Two to two. With the Suns playing great in game four, the Bucks dig deep. Now, there are going to be some people out here that say the refs 
you know, kind of skewed that game. There were certainly a lot of ticky-tack calls that appeared to be going the Bucks' way during that kind of late third quarter, early fourth quarter part of the game where momentum really is everything. And they, that kept the Bucks in it. Like, you know, in these kind of moments where you thought, wow, Suns, another defensive stop. Nope, that ends up being a foul. Bucks make the free throws, you know, so it's that momentum changing in that kind of important part of the game. But that's just basketball. I mean, there were also calls that went the Suns' way. Now, they may have mm-hmm. been later and didn't necessarily uh, take place during this kind of, you know, momentum-shifting part of the game that I'm talking about. But regardless, the, the, the you know, Middleton was hitting just nasty little jumpers. You know, they were digging deep. They, they deserved it. Whatever you say about the refs, that's just, that's just the name of the game. They deserved that win despite how great the Suns were playing into the third quarter. Um, so with that, I am sticking with the Bucks. We never, through everything, even everything that we said about how, you know, just sick the Suns are and how great they're playing, we still somehow never put a bet on them. We just knew, like, there's something about the Bucks, and just, you know, having gone through this, you know, kind of that anti-betting yourself, you know, it's not about what's obvious. Think here, think about how the Suns play, best player in the NBA, Giannis. You know, we dug deep. We've always taken the Bucks. All of our outstanding bets are on the Bucks. We've anti-bet ourselves back to making sure we stick with the Bucks. And I am fully supportive of every position that we take. I still like the Bucks. Where are you at, my man? Awesome. Excellent analysis. The one thing I will say is game four, you know, you talking about the refs and I hate, of course, we all hate it when the refs are a topic of discussion, right? Like great refs are like, you know, cats, you know, you never hear them. Um, I don't know if cats is a good analogy. I don't have any no, cats, no, but that's you. what I'm I hear. With you. I'm with you. <laughs> but I will say like the Suns clearly got a good call there. Devin Booker was like trying to get a foul there that one time late in the fourth, uh, which would have been his sixth foul and he'd have fouled out. But the refs just like apparently didn't see it. So um, I do think it at least went a little bit of both ways. But um, I do see what you're saying there. Um, momentum is crucial in uh, extending that that uh, comeback there at the end of the third and beginning of the fourth, uh, you know, definitely had an impact on that outcome. That being said, we both are getting to the same outcome via two different ways. So, you know, games one and two, sun, sun, sun. Games three and four, bucks, bucks, bucks. Going back to Phoenix, the home teams have won and covered every single game. What does that make you think? What does that make me think for game five? I like the Suns. I take a look. I really like the Suns. I take a look at the what, where, what's the public doing? The rest of the general betting public all over the Suns. Like 75% of the bets placed and 80% of the handle are on the Suns. And that's what I that's what I was all over the Suns. And then I realized I'm a sheep, but I'm a smart sheep. I'm switching. This is an anti-bet. It is so hard for me to make. I'm with you, Mad Money Mike. Give me the bucks. I think the money line, because like I said, you don't need you don't need the points. So you, you might as well take the money line. Bucks plus 150. You can book it. Giannis, I love him. I think he's an excellent leader out on the court. He's got so much passion and energy. He wants the ball. He does it all. I mean, he blocked, he defended the alley and the oop to get at a crucial point in game four to keep the Bucks in this series. I just can't wait to watch it tomorrow night. 
and I hope that Chris Paul comes back. I hope that, uh, you know, all the players show up, all the uh, role players, and I hope we have a great game. But at the end of the day, I'm with you, Mad Money Mike. I like the Bucks. Love it, dude. Love it, man. I just feel like I feel like we may not be not 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 we. We are. I feel when I say we, I mean the royal we. I feel like the general public is not taking into account or maybe not necessarily considering this. And maybe I'm off base on this, but here's something I'm considering is that the Suns in a way knew that that game four was just like over the top important for them. I think that they sensed how good the Bucks were, and they knew like they they played that game four like an elimination game. I think that's where they got their heads before the game. I think they knew if we let the Bucks tie this up, if we let them just come right back and get two more wins, like we're in big trouble because they know how good the Bucks are, and they approach that game. This is our elimination game. If we let them get game four, we're in big trouble. So, therefore, we are not going to let it happen. We are going to dump it all out, get this win in their home court, show them, intimidate them, take a 3-1 lead. That's This is the only way for us to get the trophy. So, dump it, leave it all on the court. I really think that's where the Suns were at before this game, and they still lost. And, um, and so, anyways, that's just a, a, an additional narrative that I am using to make myself uh, feel even better about where we're at on the Bucks, I do actually think that there's credence to that. I really do. So, anyways, love where we're at. Love the Bucks. Just excitement, just ex- as exciting as it gets. And, and and you know, to echo what you said, it's just crazy. Yeah, and I love the fact that we still got at least two more games. You know, series tied up two two. The series cannot end tomorrow night. Let's just hope for uh for another you know another uh, slugfest. And uh, yeah, each team will get at least one more home game. So, love, love any it, uh, any any player props or other uh, other thoughts on uh, the NBA Finals before we move to some golf? Well, um, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of scoring. There's been a lot of scoring. Um, you know, I, I like I just like overs in general. I, I think if you just kind of made all of the realistic overs, you know, Antetokounmpo points over. Middleton points over, Holiday points over, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. You know, if you just kind of took all the different overs, I think you'd come out better than 50%. If you took all, you know, if you picked 11 great overs, I, I, I feel almost fully confident that you would come out at least six to five um, on the winning side. You know, there's just been a lot, you know, these guys are on fire. And uh, so that, you know, I don't have anything specific, but that's just kind of generally where I'm at is that like guys are looking great. They're scoring at will. I like overs. What about PJ Tucker's over? <laughs> this I, mother I think... effort, dude. <laughs> this mother effort. Every time we take his under, he somehow gets seven points. His over under is usually like five and a half. And then we're like, well, let's finally take his over. They're at home. Role players do well at home. He drops a goose egg, dude. I am done with PJ Thurker, man. I'm done with him. Yeah, I, I have, I'm going to have to, uh, as, a, uh, as, a, as a gambling teammate, uh, I'm going to have to uh, um, concur with that, that, uh, that conclusion to, uh, to the PJ Tucker betting. Officially, black book, nothing, under, over, he's done. He's just, he's become untouchable. Like, who knows what this guy's doing? 
did you see how many honestly did you see how many this is and aside from how many points he's going to score but just like did you see how many uh times he fouled people taking three-point shots and how he was like (laughs) all like i'm I'm pretty sure it was four times in game four i think that he fouled three-point shooters four times and on the last one he was just like just like throwing himself what oh you know beyond dramatic it's like well there's the replay and you fouled him man and that was your fourth time of the night like his head his head's not in it for some reason i mean i know he's he's known as a good defender but uh yeah he he's he's officially done officially off the radar um he's also known as a corner three-point specialist so clearly it doesn't take much to get known as something but uh anyway speaking of black books we're moving to golf the John Deere, starting with last week, the John Deere Classic, Cam Champ finished tied for 11th. Mad Money Mike, he finished in, like, pretty disgusting fashion, huh? Uh, bogeyed 18 to finish 11th. So, And we had him top 10. This is the last hole of the tournament. This is the last hole. This is the 72nd hole. And instead of putting the ball, he just walks over to the cup, pulls his pants down, and just leaves a turd right there. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? You take this man top 10. You get him at plus 400. You're about to lay oh. down a legendary W, and he bogeys the 72nd hole to go from what I think would have been 6 or 7-3. No, it was like at that point it was like tied. I think it was 6 or 7th or something like that mm-hmm. to 11th. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm 100% done. I can't tell. I honestly – I, this is this may be the booze talking, but right now I feel like you know I, so I love going to golf tournaments. The next time I have a golf tournament, he walks by, I see him, and I'll say like, "Hey, remember when you bogeyed the seventy second hole at the Rocket Mortgage or whatever the tournament was?" <laughs> like I can never let him forget this. I he's just. Can we get a oh, picture? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Put your autograph real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, well, um, absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Hey, but with that being said, I think that there is at least, well, I guess if you lose a bet, you lose a bet. What's your position on this? Do I get any kudos? Is there any room to say like, hey, man, you made the right bet? Or is it just like, no, made the wrong bet? Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, this is, I think, the second time where you're about to get another gold star, dude. I'll put it in the mail. That'll be your second one. <laughs> That'll be your second one. I forget what the first one was, but I definitely remember – um, you looking for, I don't know, like, I don't even know, like goodwill or just like, Hey, give me a thumbs up <laughs> for missing I'm gonna a bet. I'm going to get a bulletin board for sound studio B. <laughs> oh man. All right. So well, that hey. was, all right. So yeah, so that, yeah, I was gonna say, so that was, uh, that was a bit of a turd last week. Now we move into the open championship and we've got fireworks already. What are you seeing, man? What do you like? Well, I was going to say just like, yes. Right off the top, dude, I don't like the name of this tournament. Why did they change it from the British Open to just the Open or the Open Championship? It just sounds weird and a little bit pretentious to me. With that being said, <laughs> and how we're talking about black books right now, I'm uh, you know flipping through it because you always got to you know, jog your memory. Hey, is this guy in or not? Colin Morikawa with a really great day today. Two strokes off the uh off the yeah two strokes behind Louis Oosthuizen. I know Collins in the black book. I forget if Louis in the black book or if he's just like got his name like penciled in. But uh, do you remember that, Mike? I think you tried to. I think you tried. Yeah, you tried to black book him because 
Wait, I might have got my golfers mixed up. We're going to have to go back. We're going to have to roll the tape. But right now what I'm recalling is that we took him at like plus a thousand or something. No, no, no. That was the that was the uh, that was the Hank Lebiota. Okay, I can't remember. We're gonna have to roll the tape on Ustazen. I don't recall us having any concerns with Ustazen other than the fact that he is like choked on like some of the very last holes. Seventeen at the U.S. Open, the absolute mm-hmm. last hole of the tournament at that uh, Zurich Classic, Zurich that Classic. Was team mm-hmm. event. Yeah, so he is like an absolute stud until the very, very end. I mean, some guys like to choke for like their whole fourth round. Louie likes to <laughs> choke at the end of the tournament. So uh, it is going to be fascinating. But what I love about choking at the absolute end of the tournament and not for the entire fourth round is that you can still secure uh, a top five with a last hole choke. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're, um, you know, obviously we're on, uh, Ustazen at uh, at better than even money plus one ten to finish in the top five right now, so that was pretty that was a pretty hot pickup. Uh, anyway, so with that being said, um, yeah, so obviously, and yeah, what are your thoughts? I, we we know where you stand on Colin choking. What do you think about Jordan Spieth? Yeah, I like Jordan Spieth. I will say, yeah, just to, to, to close out the thought, I think Louie and Colin they're playing great so far. You know, they've got quite a few strokes over most of the field, but. With them, with my thoughts on them, like hey, they're you know they're not uh, they're not finishers. I think the field is wide open. There are like 20, 25 players that are like minus five, minus six. You know, with Louis at minus eleven, and I think Collins minus nine. There's just it's a crapshoot at this point. I didn't even pick out a bet. I just don't think the odds are there. Um, you got like I think DJ is like plus eleven hundred, and then like there's a bunch of people like plus fourteen hundred. I, I I don't like those odds when there's so many golfers. I think it's too wide open. Um, I do like our Louis bet for a, a top five, but um, it's great golf. I think tomorrow, you know, Saturday being moving day, I really think that'll uh, shake a lot of things up and kind of like, you know, all right, settle in. Who I'll be able to, I think, pick, pick a winner and uh, hopefully get out a tweet for tomorrow evening for uh, – well, damn, you got to do it early because it's over in Europe. Like, we missed a bet because you couldn't even put one before bed because they had already started playing, huh? Saved us money. Saved us money. I tried to take the Terminator. Mm-hmm. I tried to take the Swede, Henrik Stenson, uh, who um, uh, who has a uh, who has an Open Championship. Former winner, um, always plays well. Um, uh, I took him to – I was going to take him in the top 40. I'm laying down for bed, you know, whatever. It's like 10, 15 at night on Wednesday. Tournament doesn't start till Thursday. Go to fire up the old uh, OLS. Um, the tournament's already started. <laughs> so, uh, all bets off. He's going to fail. He's going to fail to make the cut. Uh, so, that was a uh, – that was a gracious um, – that was a gift there. So, saved us money on that one. But, yeah, so it starts super early. Um, now, it's only 6.30 my time. That puts it – 8.30 your time. We've still got at least probably four or five hours to get bets in. So for all of our loyal listeners that are listening live, you are uh, in the catbird seat. And for everyone else, um, tough luck. Better Suckers. Luck next year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll try and get a tweet out. But here's one thing I want to say. I am pulled up a little website we like to call weather.com at the moment. And it is perfect weather. This course is defenseless in perfect weather low wind sunny no precipitation these guys are going to light this course up like a christmas tree tomorrow 
I'm telling you right now, it it's it's going to lead to unexpected. It's going to lead to unexpected. You're going to have, you know, you know, you're going to have some guy that's you know right now at you know you know minus five or minus four. Um, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka turned in a four under round to get to five under. John Rom turned in a six under round to get to five under. That's awesome, but also infuriating. We took Oosthuizen head to head against Rom for the second round. Oosthuizen uh, pops off a five under sixty five, sets the all time scoring record through thirty six holes for the British Open, and still loses the bet. Shoots a 65 and still loses the bet. John Rom shoots a 64, six under to get to also to five under. So you've got Kepka, you've got Rom. Um, now remember, Paul Casey doesn't choke until the fourth round. So for moving day, he looks great. He's at five under. Tony Finau's at four under. Corey Connors, who is in my black book, but you know, you know, possibly some other people's, he's not. He's at four under. Cam Smith, <laughs> the uh, crocodile wrestling. Uh, down under, uh, he's uh, he's at four under. Like you know, all these guys that are playing great golf. Daniel Berger, uh, Florida State, three under. All these, all these guys. I'm not saying that. Why don't all you just of read them. off the whole leaderboard, Mike? You're like halfway there. Okay, yeah, we got time. Point. I got I got to wrap this up. My bad. I was getting excited about the point I was trying to make. Dustin Johnson, seven under. Scotty Scheffler, seven under. Oh, God. Uh, so many great scores are going to happen. That someone, I'm not saying all of them, but like the number of really great golfers that are going to take advantage of absolutely ideal conditions for a course that has no defense. The the course's only defense is wind and rain. So some of these guys are going to post probably record-setting scores. You're going to see them jump up, and uh, and going into Sunday, we're going to have real fireworks, man. If if Oosthuizen, if Oosthuizen can't shoot another 65, if he turns in. You know, if he turns in only a two or three under round, he's going to have company. There's going to be people that are going to be in double digits. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Is there any one golfer out of that laundry list you just rattled off that, like, <laughs> has your eye at this point? Or are you kind of with me, like, we really need to wait one more day? Uh, we really have to wait one more day. There's no way to know. If you can – well, let's just take a look real quick. Oosthuizen is at – oh, come on. Here we go. OLS. And we are looking for uh, golf and um, the Open Championship and futures and top five finish. Oosthuizen's minus 330. Top ten, he's minus a thousand. Top twenty, he's minus five thousand. Um, Can you take yeah. the no on that? Because I would definitely take the no on top five if I get plus two hundred or plus two fifty. No, that would be a great bet. There's no, there's no no. Um, <laughs> no no. Yeah. No, there's there's no there's no no. Um, yeah, I, I so I, I know that you uh, I know that you're in the dark ages right now. Um, no computer access. I guess you're doing the podcast from like your uh, your cabin in the woods or something this evening. So <laughs> I'll do my best to quickly go over the odds. But like uh, for top ten, you can still get um, you can still get John Rahm at minus two hundred. That looks great. You can still get Brooks Kepka at minus twenty uh, minus one twenty five. So. Uh, I, I encourage you to take uh, you know a look at the guys that are playing great and where they're at for for a top ten finish, just because, it, like I you know 
now I think it's like my third time saying it. The, the course is defenseless. There's going to be monster scores. And Excellent. I think that to answer your question, there's no one that I feel comfortable with because of that. We got to wait till we go into Sunday and see where we're at then. Gotcha. Gotcha. So all loyal listeners that are listening live, we're sorry. <laughs> we don't have a pick for you. You might as well have just waited. And for everyone else, stay tuned. Our Twitter account at It's a Lock Podcast. Uh, we'll look to actually drop a winner for once. A record of like live tweet golf bets, like Father's exactly. Day and Mother's Day. Like we, you, you would think like we hated all fathers and mothers, which is not true. It's not true. We love our <laughs> fathers and mothers, grannies, gramps. We love them all. Um, the one bit I always love, you know, the DeChambeau and Kepka rivalry. Um, DeChambeau is like apparently upset at his driver. He hates it. It's not working for him. And then uh, Kepka. Kepka, of course, in uh, hilarious fashion, was asked about his golf game. And he said, like, nah, man, playing good. I love my driver. Um, clearly a shot at DeChambeau. Kepka is killing it once again, continues to uh, increase, go up, my, uh, go up my top golfers list. And DeChambeau, I hope that he has a blow-up hole. I hope he has another DeChambeau blow-up. So. Yeah, he, he earns the nickname DeChambeau, man. I mean, he is like. <laughs> He has become like the worst of the worst, man, with all of the caddy stuff. His caddy like has to quit and he gets all whatever about that situation. And then the, the whole driver thing, he's just like, and did you see that Cobra? Cobra came back over the top to him saying that his driver sucked and like said that he's like acting like an eight-year-old and like nothing ever makes him happy. Like Cobra Whoa. as a company, like the official Cobra like response was that like he's been acting like an eight-year-old and nothing makes him happy. Like it was <laughs> absolutely wild. Um and man, watching, yeah, watching Brooks in that uh, interview, throwing that little comment, you know, everything's great. Love my driver. I can't believe he held a straight face. Dude, this guy's going to be in, a, in, the, in like an actor next. I can see it. I like, I watched it over and over. Like, I just was looking like that crack. You like, look for this, that little dimple, like he's going to crack. Cause you know that he had to have wanted to crack up at himself, but he just like maintained, said it, kept going. Like, what a stud. Uh, totally awesome. Yeah, love it. Man. You're taking some notes? Man, how'd he do oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it, man. Love it. All right. Well, that's going to do it. So, yeah, stay tuned for a Saturday night, or hopefully not Saturday too late pick for the Open Championship because it is uh, in Britain with the British. should be called the British Open. Anyway, let's move to football. Um, we're just going to, you know, kind of rapid fire through football and baseball and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll close it out. But, yeah, so football, we're 11 days until training camp. We've got 55 days until the season starts. That's just seven more footballless Sundays. And I guess right off the top, 11 days until training camp, Mad Money Mike, A-Raj, do you think he's going to show up to Green Bay training camp? What's your thoughts on kind of the situation as it's been evolving? I wish that was a bet. I wish that was a bet. I'm telling you right now, if there's been a lock of the century, if the, you can find a bet, does Aaron Rodgers show up for camp? If you can just pound no, just everything you got, absolutely sell all your worldly possessions, donate a kidney or not donate. You got to sell that thing. Whatever you can do, <laughs> get the money, put it on no, not a chance he shows up for camp. And what and about I, week I, one? Uh, once you get into that kind of thing, that's that's tough. Like that could that could be a money situation. You know, who knows what they throw at them? Who knows if they come out and make a public apology and just be like, we wish we would have handled this better. We're dumb. He's smart. Uh, he's very good looking. <laughs> We're ugly. 
you know, it's like whatever they can like, you know, do to maybe make it happen. I'm just not sure it is possible. He plays week one. I just don't know. But, but that kind of stuff is not going to happen by the start mm-hmm. of training camp. He is not there for the start of training camp guaranteed. I was going to say, so don't sell the kidney on the week one start. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? What's your thoughts? My, I mean, I just feel like I can't imagine. Wasn't he the MVP? Like, dude, the guy's, yes. an, absolute, the guy's an absolute stud. You've got to come out, fire whoever you have to do as the president owner, fire people and just be like, it was their fault. Like find a scapegoat, somebody find That's, a scapegoat mm-hmm. and fire them. And then use that person as a scapegoat and just say it was their fault. Now that person's fired. You blamed it on them. Get new people in those new people grovel at his feet and get his ass back. Like, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. And that's like, I can't imagine a scenario in which Green Bay ownership. Now I know it's this whole weird thing where like technically the fans own the team. So I don't know exactly how that all works, but whatever has to happen for that to happen is where my mind goes. My mind goes like they got to do that. So for me to ever bet against something like that would be tough because it's like, you know, it's like this natural, organic, where my mind goes is that they do something like that, get it worked out. He's there for week one. But it's just like, who knows the world we live in. I, so I, I just I would stay away from that bet. I'm, I'm up in yeah. the air. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. No way he shows up to training camp. There's just too much time and too many unknowns and variables about week one. I would tend to say he probably doesn't just because I think A-Raj, you know, he, I, I think he kind of revels in, you know, the situation, right? Um, But what you said is absolutely true around Green Bay being the only team that does not have an owner. So they don't have like a head honcho who can like, you know, meet with a Raj and like, you know, go over and like fire somebody. Right. Like if they did have to fire somebody, I do think they have to do something big. Right. And that'd be like Gudenkunsk, I think is his name. I think he's like the the general manager or something. But Mm -hmm, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a sticky situation um, for some good uh, for some good news and entertainment. Um, A-Raj has been more visible on social media this past offseason than like his entire life. And he's living it up, man. He's living it up. He's been playing in those golf tournaments. He's been uh, out in Jamaica, out on the beaches in the jungle. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But uh, in less, I guess, uh, less scintillating news, I guess the other side of the coin, sadly, Richard Sherman had a little bit of a uh, little bit of an accident over uh, – I guess just the last couple of days, he got arrested out in Seattle. There's a video out. I retweeted it at It's Luck Podcast. He most likely drove drunk. Um, at a minimum, he like tried the videos out for like him, like pretty much beating, trying to beat down the door of some house. It was pretty scary. Mad Money Mike, did you uh, did you see that? Dude, I can't believe there's a video out. I'm so upset right now. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> for you to say You're it was an accident. Come I on. was following. I didn't realize there was a video out. I went berry picking with the family today, so I didn't, uh, you know, I don't know if this came out today or what, man. But with uh, no ACL, you can berry pick. <laughs> oh, dude, you can do anything if you if you're playing hero, you can do anything, my man. <laughs> um, so I don't. Did this come out today? I can't. Well, anyway, I was following to some degree. Didn't realize there was a video. I was gonna say just based on what I read before I even saw the video. Just based on what I read, I was gonna say for you to say like he had a little accident is very generous. Like he <laughs> he. Uh, he, he he didn't just have a little accident. He actually shit the bed. Like it's, I'm pretty sure. Like in this day and age, it's game over, right? Like he's done. He doesn't play again. I don't know, but there actually was like an accident. Like his car got banged up. I think there's a lot that you know. It really depends. Right right now, like the the 
the court of public opinion, yeah, he's in pretty bad shape. But then again, you know, like innocent until proven guilty, um, the the spectrum of what actually he could get charged for versus, you know, what he actually did. Um, the spectrum is very big. So in my mind, uh, yeah, it, it just depends what information they can garner and gain. So definitely not a good look, though, man. You hate to see it. Um, yeah, just just all around terrible, terrible story. Yeah. Yeah, pretty brutal from a, from what otherwise would be a Hall of Famer. Could you imagine if something like this catch him out of the Hall of Fame? Oh, pretty tough. you know he's a free agent right now. Like that's not going to do good for him getting hired. Well, I, 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 yeah, I didn't. I guess I, I didn't mention that, but that was that's what I was saying. Like I don't think, I don't think he plays again because, like you were, you know, the, the, unfortunately, this is not a great thing. By the way, I'm not like saying that this is great, but the world that we live in is like we're moving in this direction where the court of public opinion is the the highest court in the land, you know, mm-hmm. in, in situations mm-hmm. like this. And I'm concerned that uh, he becomes untouchable. Um, yeah. Yeah. You so know, we'll who, you know, who I do think, you know what I could just see, dude, which team do you think would take a chance on him? I could think of two teams. The Patriots. Uh, Patriots. For, yes. For absolute certain. I, well, I mean, that's, that's like the gimme. Um, it's, it's, I love that you threw out two teams. So, so that I don't just sit here and fill up the air with ums, I'll try to like answer quickly. Um, Patriots obviously is the gimme, and like for a quick answer, uh, man, it's okay, dude. The fact Redskins, that you got Redskins. Patriots, oh, okay, that's another good one. I was gonna say the Cincinnati Bengals, dude, just complete garbage team that would hire like anybody, even if they're still in handcuffs. But yes, the Patriots are a little more savvy, right? Like they're uh, they're great at getting people on deals. But anyway, with that being said, I wanted to uh, switch gears with you. Still talking football, but you know you're playing hero, walking around, going berry picking with the torn uh, torn ACL. Do you know Tom Brady played this entire last season with a torn MCL? Did you hear this? I can't necessarily say that I heard that. As embarrassing that is that is to uh, say I missed that one. No, that's fine. The uh, I wasn't trying to like play gotcha, but like the story just came out. He just played this entire last year with a torn MCL. He just got surgery. You know, he, the the surgery's done. He's 44 years old. He's back, and all the reports are coming out. Like he looks better than ever. He's moving around quicker than ever. They're saying he's like the next Lamar Jackson. We're high on the Bucks. I mean, Knew like it. the Bucks are. It's a lock, dude. I mean, the Bucks just keep going up, man. Like next, they're they just passed up. Uh, who's it? Jeff Bezos trying to go to the moon. It's crazy, man. The Bucks. I am in love with it, man. God, this guy is just. I'm telling you, it is a repeat situation. If there's ever been one. I don't even know what they are to win the Super Bowl right now, but it's 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 probably absurd. It's probably absurd, and I'll tell you why it's absurd. It's because it's going to happen. Like minus one twenty, I see it right here. No, <laughs> I'm no. just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Outright here it is. Outright right here. The whole winner. The whole thing. Dang, they're actually not even the favorite. The Chiefs are the favorite. Buccaneers plus six hundred. Ooh man, mm. got to put some cheddar on that. Got to put some cheddar on that. Think about the storyline. Bucks repeat, Tom Brady, oldest ever. Ah, it's just like, it's like look at all the crap that he's been doing, man. And now that he's like bionic man with the whole new knee and stuff. <laughs> Dude, we're like, already, we're, I think we're already in on the smart bet, which is Bucks to win the NFC South at minus 150. I think that's a lock. And also, dude, I've already got my mortgage and second mortgage. I already sold my left kidney. 
for Zach Wilson under yards. So wait, what did you I, get? I'm running out of kidneys. <laughs> what did you get? What do, do can you remember off the top of your head? What it 3850, was? dude. 3850. Guess what it is now. Guess what it is now. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. People have been people have been pounding the under. So what's going to happen when people have been pounding the under? They lower it. Yeah. It's now thirty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Man, what is uh? Who's the other one? Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. What's is he still above four thousand? Yeah, forty fifty. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting, man. I can't wait till we spend like entire episodes on football. It's not too far away. It's not too far away. <sighs> Ooh, I can't wait, man. It's just crazy. You, like, started talking NFL. I'm just, like, juiced up. It's very exciting. That's coming, man. It's already mid-July. It's already mid-July. 55 days, dude. 55 days, dude. I've been – I got a giant Sharpie. I'm marking up the walls. Chittam's going crazy, but, hey, it's only going to get crazier. It's only going to get crazier. All right. Real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was going to go on about the NFL. We can pick it up at another time. It's all right. It's too exciting. You know, it's too exciting. You got me all amped up. I'm too excited about the NFL. I could just go on and on. We got to cut it. We'll pick it up next week. All right. All right. Let's move to baseball just real quick. You know, just got out the all star break. Yawn just had, uh, I don't know. I think they're like 10% through the season. Um, I think it ends. I think the World Series is in like 2026. But um, of course, so, the MLB. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I was gonna just, I, I was up all night, so I'm just gonna take a quick nap. Just wake me up when the segment's <laughs> over. <laughs> all right, I'll do my best, but I don't blame you. This is good nap material. Of course, the Yankees got COVID, so you know, <sighs> COVID's still alive and well. And of course, a baseball team gets it. Um, follow, follow. It's a lock podcast on Twitter. It's the uh, it's the Ump Show. It's a, a pretty funny Twitter account. I've been retweeting some of the good ones. But, dude, when you look at some of these uh, balls that are called strikes and strikes that are called balls, like how can we not have robot umpires, dude? It is they sh- atrocious. They atrocious. show the strikes and balls immediately. It's immediate. It's in live time. I'm watching it from a damn TV thousands of miles away, literally thousands of miles away. I'm watching it live. Boom, strike ball. That's how fast the technology, that's how fast it happens. Like, we have got to be done with these idiots missing balls and strikes. Like, this isn't even – Terribly. This isn't – it's just not even in the realm of, like – it's not – it's like, oh, but this is like, oh, it's a tradition. Like, your tradition is being bad at what you do. Your tradition is being unfair. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, that argument is done. It is 2021. Mm. The game is just unfair when it's not called properly. It's just make it definitive. It's either a strike or not. It's just like tennis. It's just like tennis. Mm. What happens in tennis? They got the little thing, like a little box comes up. It's like, boom, instantly. Oh, challenge, boom, instant. We know. Like, it's it. You know, it's a box. There's lines. If the ball touches the line, it's a strike. Just make it exactly like tennis. Am I wrong? <laughs> Dude, you're absolutely right. Preaching to the choir. There's only one. Uh, what is it? Ah, there's only one tradition unlike any other, and that's the Masters. All other traditions are just that traditions. They're probably overdue for a change. And the strike zone is broken down into nine squares, right? Three by three. The ump is calling a ball on a strike that's in the middle square. Like how? Like, dude, it really makes you think. Like, is this rigged? You know what I mean? Because there's some of them to end games, like more than one of them. So check it out on Twitter at It's Like Podcast. I also retweeted uh, the 
the players suck too. It's not just the umps. Um, some some more bad base running, dude. Some I forget who it was hit a hit a ball. He's rounding first base, just trips over the base. Like probably would have been a double or a triple. Nope. Like you're injured and you're stuck at first. So check us out. Uh, check us out for that. Love it. All right. With that, we are going to move to our locks of the week. We actually have an anti bet. Um, Cheeto is back. Um, I don't have her record because it's been a long time since she's had it's a good. bet. I think she's like five and one. It's, it's very good. good. Whatever it is, yeah. it's good. It's excellent. It's beyond good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, her anti bet is Suns minus 3.5 for game five. Oof. And with that, locks of the week, I do not have a sound bite coming at you. So we'll just, we're going to have a moment of silence where we envision and imagine Seinfeld with Kramer. It's a lock. Jerry, it's a lock. Mm. Moment of silence. Doesn't get any better. Oh, I broke mm. the moment of silence. <laughs> Man, what am I about to can edit, edit that? Can you edit in, can you edit in silence? <laughs> yeah, I'll do – what do you want, like two minutes, three minutes? Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. All right, Matt, Money Mike, you want to kick us off? What is your lock of the week? We are 6-1-1 one, one, coming off another perfect week. Your uh, lock of the week, is the, it's definitely – the series is definitely going six or seven games, and the Suns did win game one. We're 6-1-1. One, one. Mad Money Mike, what you got? Man, 6-1-1 one, one is awesome. Uh, yeah, I am uh, I'm pumped about where we're at, and I, I came into this nervous because – I really thought uh, I thought that I was going to go ahead and lay a golf lock of the week down. Um, you know, it's obviously the Open Championship. It's the last major of the year. Um, I, I am now concerned about a jinx. Um, but with that being said, I, for my lock of the week, am taking Cam Smith, the Australian, top 20 finish, minus 115. Nice. I got to say, Mad Money Mike, that was like the least enthusiastic and the least <laughs> confident lock of the week I've ever heard. If I'm a loyal well, listener and I'm on the anti-bet train, I have no idea if I should anti-bet that or not. No, yeah. I'm just – why don't you go, man? I want another one. I want to do over. Give me a different <laughs> lock of the week. You go first. That was my lock of the week, but it's just – I, I just I was going into it with my lock of the week. Here's actually here's the problem is that weather plays such an important part in golf in general, but in this tournament it plays all the difference. So I was I, I was feeling great about Kim Smith. I've been watching based on what's going on, but now all of a sudden when I see the weather like this, that's that so I already had the bet picked out and then I saw the weather forecast. You know, now knowing what's gonna happen and how that's just gonna play such a huge role, I'm uh I'd, I'd like to take the opportunity to uh, place a different lock of the week. So I'm going to turn it over to Big Bet Brent so I can buy myself some time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, of course, it's the closeout of the NBA Finals. So that is clearly where any good-hearted, red-blooded Americans lock of the week is going to go. And that's where I'm going. I talked earlier about how I love the Suns for Game 5. Everything makes sense going back home. So much energy. Home team hasn't lost. They've covered all four games thus far. Give me the Suns. But then, boom, I see the stats, how the public, the sheep, probably all of you – no, just kidding. Y'all are smart, loyal listeners – are all over the Suns as well, like 80% of the money. So this is really hard to do. I'm anti-betting myself, which is 
The fact that it's so hard to do is how I know it's right. Give me the Bucks plus three and a half at minus 105 for game five of the NBA Finals. That is a lock. Love it, dude. Absolutely love it. All right. I am going to uh I'm gonna dig into uh I'm gonna dig into the to the earlier position that I took with uh with over uh points being uh you know good bets to take. Chris Paul going back to Phoenix, uh game five in a losing effort, he is going to attempt to truly show his team the way as the leader, and he's gonna pop off for over. 21.5 points. Chris Paul over 21.5 at minus 105. It's a lock. All right. So, Madly Mike, this is official. You are canceling your Cam Smith lock of the week and going with CP3. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. The Cam Smith thing, that was just a joke. I was just joking with y'all. Okay. Just... So, it's official. Like, that's your final answer. Chris Paul. Over 21.5, that is the lock of the week. The Cam Smith was just to teach you a lesson about sometimes it's okay to back out of a bet at the last second. The lock of the week is Chris Paul over 21.5 points. Wow, dude, that is deep. (laughs) That is deep, dude. The lessons, man. A couple couple pods ago, you gave us homework. Now you're teaching us life lessons. Man, loyal listeners. Man, we're lucky. We are lucky. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I go first on Diaper Dad Diaries, just in case uh, we'll avoid uh, another another double and another life lesson. <laughs> but all right, Diaper Dad Diaries of the week. Okay, so this one uh, is a little bit of a two parter. I'll so I'll try and make it quick. Um, last week, you know, I was in Pensacola, and uh, you know. Hadn't been in, hadn't seen my family, you know, particularly my brother and, and their kids, uh, you know, the twins, Bennett and uh, Avery and Allie. So hadn't seen them in a long time. And we had a tradition every holiday where we would play a board game called Memoir 44. It's a World War II board game. Really fun. Also have an online version on Steam. Uh, check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun to play. It's a, it's a board game where you, uh, you know, set up different scenarios for different World War II battles. Anyway, nevertheless, we played it every year for like four years at uh, at the holidays, Christmas, and we actually I actually bought a trophy, and it's like the the brotherly brawl is what it called, it is what we call it, and because of COVID, we didn't do one this past Christmas because we didn't see each other, so you know July Fourth comes around, Nitty Nate happened to get lucky last time we played, so he was uh, he had the trophy, so we came, we got together, Pensacola. I trounced him in the brotherly brawl. So the trophy is back home. I am the current champion of Memoir 44, the brotherly brawl. That is, uh, I just want to give a shout out to, to Nitty Nate, whoever he is. He, uh, he put up a good effort, but I got him with the ambush and took home the trophy. So that's part one. But I guess the uh, probably the main Diaper Dad diary of this week is uh, around Kramer, of course. He's, uh, you know, he's actually turns one next week so um definitely excited for that he's becoming you know more and more fun every day and just this past week he my great you know my mom his granny has been helping us you know during the day while we work you know kind of be be, you know look after kramer be his nanny and she uh she showed him that youtube video baby shark do 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 and uh yeah it's 
it's awesome the first couple times you hear it, but it gets old fast. But not to Kramer. Kramer loves that video. And he makes this little shark, uh, like this little shark uh, motion with his hand. He just like puts no. his thumb and his index finger together. And like he's asking like, play baby shark. And he gets mad because like me and Chittam, we're not playing it. It's just granny. So he's like walking around all the time. Baby shark, baby shark. That's all he wants is baby shark. I looked this thing up on YouTube, dude. This thing has been viewed nine billion times. No. And now I can understand why there's something about that video that just little kids are addicted. Kramer can't get enough of it. Me and Chittam are pulling her hair out because we hate the video itself. And Kramer just will not stop yelling about it. So it's, uh, it's pins and needles over here, man. He went down to sleep, but it's just, who knows, midnight, he'll probably wake up crying for Baby Shark. Wow. Wow. I mean, I gotta be honest with you, this is my favorite diaper dad diary of all time. Like that, <laughs> this kind of stuff blows my mind, man. This is a, this is a life taking form. This is like a personality. This is, this is wants and, and frustrations and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just like a baby that you take care of. It's like a pert, like, you know, this, this, like we're getting into that a lot. You know, we're about to be 10 months, you know, we're, so uh, our kids have the same birthday in terms of the 21st, exactly two months ahead. So we're about to be 10 months on the same day that you're going to be a year. And uh, mm-hmm. the blossoming of, of personality is just like, it is a absolute daily trip, man. So that is one of my favorite. That's, that's my favorite diaper dad diary, man. This absolutely blows my mind. That's the coolest thing ever. Awesome. Uh, you sure. know, obviously, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you know, good, yeah. good luck. Good luck. Good luck with figuring out how you're going to deal with it. He's not a huge uh, fan of the Open Championship, though. He he would prefer <laughs> uh, Baby Shark. Oh man, that's great. Do you have things that he watches? Like, is there certain stuff that you'll like? Like, has he do, does he do any screen time? Um, you mean like little cartoons and stuff? No. Um, we're actually pretty good with the screen time, but you know, I watched the Open Championship for several hour, several hours today, so he'll watch some of that. And then you know, NBA Finals, if he if he's still up, him he might watch a little bit. Love but. it. Love it. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. Well, um, yeah, so my Diaper Dad Diary of the Week is, uh, is um, you know, just along the same lines of, uh, of, of new stuff, but we have uh, we just started crawling. So within like the last six days, we've got locomotion. And, Whoa! Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it is, in fact, the game changer that people warned me it would be. I tried to like, you know, play it cool with like stuff like, you know, baby proof. And I was like, man, we'll figure it out. Like, you know, whatever. I, you know, like now it's like, you just like where we would have normally, I'm talking about a week, like literally this is how fast it happens within just a week. You would just sit her down, you know, like, Oh, here you go. You just plop her there. You put a bunch of toys around her. You know, you got like X amount of minutes that she'll just like sit there and play with those toys by herself. You can just like, if you got to like take a quick whiz or like whip something up in the kitchen or whatever. Now, it's just like just that fast. It changes. You plop her down. You turn your back for one second. And it's like she's going to like pull the houseplant over. I've looked up. <laughs> I've looked up and seen Elena's computer, her laptop, like almost getting yanked off the edge of her desk. Um, something else. I didn't even catch this one. I, I, I was startled by the sound of like Elena running around the corner and she was in the houseplant, like getting ready to like eat handfuls of like plant soil. So, um, so just that fast. Uh, and, and I'm ca- completely off guard, you know, playing it cool with baby proofing was a, an idiotic move. Like now she's like tearing the house down and we've got nothing. 
We're like trying to get a baby gate delivered, but of course, like thanks a lot, COVID. Apparently, the global supply chain of baby gates has been disrupted. We like can't get that, so we like don't know what to do. We're like kind of, you know, it's it's a mess, man. It's a mess, and uh, it's like classic rookie mistake, classic new parent mistake. But uh, have y'all started like stacking chairs and stuff? Yeah, trying exactly trying to put stuff in between stuff. Yeah, using the old blockade method. Oh yeah, (laughs) dude, y'all pretty much playing like a different style memoir forty four game over there. Uh, yeah man it's uh it's 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 wild there's no other way to say it i mean there's just no other way to say it it's just absolutely wild and all kinds of other little developmental things uh are just like blossoming all at the same time like you know just like taking something with one hand and like putting it into something with the other hand and like you know uh mimicking us she has like a laugh now she She, like does that like when we (laughs) laugh so it's like that's hilarious um I don't even know. We think that we, I don't know. We, we we don't know. There's like other stuff we don't even know. But we're just like, what is she like? What is like? She's doing this thing where like at nighttime. So like I sing to her to go to sleep, and um and like you know. So like I'll sing to her for a little bit, and then like I'll leave, and she's like doing this like, she's like making this noise like this long continuous noise like eh, I can't. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like treat our little listeners to it. But it appears that she's like maybe singing or something like. There's like a crazy, like this crazy ongoing, like, uh, 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 like at night, like before she goes to bed, um, it's like not crying. She was like do, making some noise and like, it, it's not like, you know, anyways, you see what I'm getting at. So all this wild stuff's happening, man. It's an adventure. And uh, now I can feel like the diaper dad diary is getting, uh, I can feel like it's like, it's going to like start, it, like it's going to be, you know, wild new stuff all the time. man. so yeah, it's a trip, dude. It's a trip. The mo- Mobility, oh yeah, Diaper Dead Diaries would be kicked up a notch. The danger level, the damage level, it's uh, is definitely gonna get kicked up a notch. But dude, that's freaking awesome to hear. So Valley is mobile. She's officially mobile. Officially, officially mobile, oh, man. Yeah, it's um, yep, that's it. That's the big one, you know. There goes, there goes, like you can just there go. Here come, here come the gray hairs. Here comes the uh, here comes the the over the over overabundance of stress. Um. <sighs> You better hope that baby gate gets there. How many did you order? Like ten? Yeah, because the, we're live like we're in like such a tiny house. Like Elena works here, I work here. We got like a bunch of stuff because like a small house, so we can't just like baby gate certain things. Like we're gonna have to create a pin. We had to like we had to like <laughs> order all these panels so that we could like make like a, a pin that she's gonna have to like stay in the middle of, but like try to make it as big as possible. So she like doesn't get frustrated. It's a disaster, nice. dude. Like, I'm, yeah, did y'all buy? Did y'all buy a bunch of like foam matting to like for the floor so she can like fall or like? Have y'all started that yet? No, but that's such a great point, man. Like, we got to do that too. So uh, it really adds get a up head quick. start on that. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Oh yeah, that stuff's not cheap, dude. I think because of COVID, everyone's like home gyms. They all want their little yep. foam mat. So yep. it's like yep. seventy five dollars for like a six by six, and of course, six by six. Your kid is not going to be happy in a six by six. Like next thing you know, you got four of them, and oh, this isn't what we ordered. Oh lord. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, whew, it's a thing, man. It's things. You know. Shout out to all the moms and dads out there. There's really no other way to say it. Mm, definitely, definitely. Big shout out, and to all the grannies and grannies, uh, grannies and gramps, and to all of our loyal listeners. Um, I think we're wrapping up episode twenty B. We have game five tomorrow night, open championship, wrapping up this weekend. Mad Money Mike, any, any final words for closing this out? Nope.
Nope, just uh, just exciting times. Great to be here as always. Keep an eye on the Twitter at It's a Lock Podcast. We got some picks coming your way, and uh, can't wait to do it again, my man. Awesome, excellent. Thank you. Thanks, like you just said, all our loyal listeners. That is gonna do it for this episode of It's a Lock Podcast. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.